Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Pastor Tanya of Word of Truth Ministries in Roanoke, Virginia, under the leadership of Apostle Dr. Miriam Hunt, coming today with another Sunday School lesson. We give God glory, honor, and praise. I thank God for you who has tuned in to hear what thus saith the Lord. Please tag, share, and invite. Amen. Praise God. I encourage your comments, your questions. Leave them right underneath the lesson as it is posted each and every Sunday on our Facebook group page. On last week, Saints of God, we came from the book of Exodus chapter 2, and our lesson was verses 11 through 25, and we talked about Moses escaping to Midian. Amen. Praise God. We learned how Moses had committed murder, and because he was afraid after he found out that two of the Hebrew men saw what he'd done, Amen. Praise God. He fled. He knew that Pharaoh would soon find out that Moses committed murder. And as Pharaoh did hear about it, and he wanted to slay Moses. So as Moses was fearful, he fled from Egypt. And we learned that he went to Midian. Amen. Praise God. And as he was traveling to Midian, he ran into a priest's daughter. There were seven of the daughters. And at the very end of chapter 2, we learned that the priest, whose name was Ruel, had given his daughter Zipporah to Moses. Well, if you remember, he gave his daughter to Moses to marry. He also invited Moses to a feast because Moses stepped in and helped the seven daughters who had gone down to feed the flock, to water the flock, to make sure, amen, praise God, that the flock were taken care of. And there were shepherds that had came up against the seven sisters. So Moses stepped in and out of gracious and out of hospitality, Ruel, which was the priest of Midian, invited Moses to come and to stay and to fellowship with them. And at the end of chapter two, we learned that the king of Egypt, which was the Pharaoh at that time, had died. And when the king of Egypt died, we learned that the word of God says that the children of Israel, their bondage, their cry, came unto the Lord, and the Lord knew and saw the bondage and the hurt and the pain that they were going through. And the word of the Lord says at the end of chapter 2, that God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. Now, I had mentioned to you that I was going to go over Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because it comes up again in chapter 3. So when chapter 3 starts and we get to that point, I'm going to stop and we're going to learn about the ancestors. Amen. Why God is bringing up Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So this is our third lesson, amen, praise God. And I thank God for each and every one who has taken the time to listen. The lesson today is Moses and the burning bush, coming from Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. So let's get right into the word and hear what the Lord has to say. Starting at the very first verse, it says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Oreb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. 
And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. Verse 4. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land, and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Verse 10. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And we're going to stop at verse 11. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And we're going to stop right there. Amen. Praise God. We bless God for the reading of his holy and righteous word. So we're looking at Moses and the burning bush. Amen. Praise God. Moses thus far has had a miraculous life. If we remember our very first lesson, we learned, amen, praise God, about how Pharaoh commanded the midwives to kill all the male children and how Moses' mother cared for him for three months. And after she couldn't care for him any longer, she made an ark or a basket as we know it and put the child into the basket and, and put him in the river. Amen. Praise God. And how he was found by Pharaoh's daughter. Amen. And then he was raised as an Egyptian, but in his heart, he knew that he was a Hebrew. Amen. Praise God. So God miraculously stepped into his life, had a call on his life even before he was born. God had already ordained, amen, praise God, that this day Moses would have an encounter with the Lord. Now what is awesome, amen, praise God, is that during this encounter, now you have to remember, Moses fled from Egypt. He fled from Egypt because of his fear, because of what he had done, because he feared, amen, praise God, for his life, so he ran. But even though he ran, amen, praise God, how many of us know that even in our youth, we can run, but so far, amen, praise God, because if God has a calling on our life, 
The calling isn't going to go anywhere. And even though we may run from that, just like Moses, God, amen, praise God, he's going to come after you. So Moses is in this land, Midian. It's not a familiar land, but he's making a life for himself. He's making a new life there. He's married a wife, Zipporah. And we learn, amen, praise God, that Moses is now tending to the flock. He's tending to the flock of his father-in-law. And the word of God lets us know that his father-in-law is the priest of Midian. And we learned about that in chapter 2. Now, what I wanted to point out, you may notice that in chapter 2, they mentioned his father-in-law, amen, praise God, which then was just known as a priest of Midian. His name was Ruel. Now, when we get down to chapter 3, we learned that his father-in-law is Jethro. So I just wanted to, to clarify that, amen, praise God, because oftentimes in the Bible, they had multiple names. So Ruel and Jethro are the same person. So we see that Moses is taking care of the flock and he's feeding the flock in the wilderness, amen, praise God. And he gets to the desert and the desert, amen, is known as Oreb. It's the mountain of God. And as he is doing what he probably has done many days, but see, this day was different because God heard in chapter two, the cry of the children of Israel, just like God hears our cries. Our parents may not hear our cries. Our grandparents may not hear our cries. We may not even share with people what we are going through, what we are going through on the inside. Some of us may have low self-esteem. Some of us may have even thought about committing suicide. God sees all and he has a purpose for your life. And even though, amen, praise God, you may be young, you may be old, whoever is listening to this lesson on today, and you may wonder to yourself, well, what else is there out there? Because this life that I'm living, I'm going through day to day and I feel lost and I feel confused. We are lost when we don't have Jesus Christ. And I can attest, amen, praise God, being a youth at one point in time, trying to fit in when I was created to stand out, trying to be like everybody else, when I was created not to be like everybody else. So Moses, amen, praise God, he was trying to fit in into Midian. He was trying to make a life. He was trying, amen, praise God, to do what he thought he was supposed to do with his life. But see, as I said earlier, God had a plan for him. So when we get to the second verse, we see that the angel of the Lord appeared unto Moses in a flame of fire. And the flame of fire was coming out of the midst of the bush. So Moses, amen, praise God. The angel of the Lord is appearing to him as a blazing fire. So think about a bush. And we know, amen, praise God, that if you light a fire, a match, gasoline, whatever, a lighter to a bush, the bush burns and the bush is consumed. But Moses is staring at this bush in amazement because even though it's engulfed, it's not burned. So Moses is looking and examining and trying to understand, well, what is this great sight that I see? But as he is approaching the bush, 
The Lord says to Moses, Moses, Moses. So he calls out his name from the midst of the bush. We see this in verse four. The Lord knows Moses's name, but no Moses may not know who God is. Amen. Praise God. As far as maybe having a personal relationship, but even in that myth, see you pass down. So your grandmother may have taught you a little bit about church or your mother may have taught you a little bit about church. So Moses may have known something about God because the children of Israel was custom to pass down who God was, their covenants and their, and their, and their traditions. But you got to remember, Moses was raised as an Egyptian. He wasn't raised as an Israelite or Hebrew, but he had sense enough to say when he heard his voice, Moses, Moses, he says, here am I. So that lets us know that Moses heard the voice of God. And he said, draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standeth is holy ground. So now God is letting Moses know where you're standing. It is holy ground, meaning it is sacred ground. And God commands Moses to remove his sandals. And the word of God lets us know that in verse 6, when Moses says, here I am, in verse 4, after God gives him the instructions in verse 5 to take off your shoes because this is holy ground, now God is getting ready to let Moses know exactly who it is that is speaking. He says, moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And the word of God lets us know that Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. So Moses knows exactly who is speaking to him. This is the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and the God of, A of um, excuse me, of Jacob. So let's take a time right here. I said to you, Amen, praise God, that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are forefathers. They're basically, to explain it, are ancestors. Now, what you have to understand, amen, praise God, and I'm going to give you these scriptures to read. So if you will jot down Genesis chapter 12, read that, and also read Genesis chapter 17, because in Genesis chapter 12, this is where God calls Abraham out from the land in which he dwelt. And God is going to make a covenant, amen, praise God, a promise to Abraham. Now, what you will know if you read the word of God in Genesis chapter 12, you're going to see his name was Abram. Later on, when you read in Genesis chapter 17, you will see that God changes his name to Abraham. So Abram was called out of the land and God saw favor in Abram. God chose Abram or Abraham 
He promised to make him a great nation. He promised to bless him. He promised to make his name great. He promised, amen, praise God, great blessings upon Abraham. Now, when they talk about your father, I said the ancestors. So let's break it down like this. You have a father, amen, praise God. And your father has a father, which would be your grandfather. And then your grandfather had a father, which would be your great grandfather. So it's ancestors passed down from generation to generation. And all of the children of Israel, they knew who Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was. Well, let's go a little further. Abraham's son was Isaac. Isaac's son was Jacob. You see how we have the father and then you have the grandfather and then you have the great grandfather. So when God bestowed blessings upon Abraham, these blessings went down to generation unto generation. So when Moses, amen, praise God, heard God speak, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Moses immediately would have known what God was saying because throughout history, they were taught about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And you can read that in Genesis. You can read all of, all of the genealogy and the family tree. Amen. Praise God. So when we get to verse 7, it says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Now God is speaking, the Lord is speaking to Moses, and he's letting him know, amen, praise God, that he sees his people. Now why do you say his people? Because as I said, in Genesis, God chose the children of Israel to be his people. These are his chosen people. We don't know why God decided to choose the children of Israel, but we know by this word of God and reading his word that God chose them to be his special, precious children. Now the word of God says that he heard, who heard? God heard the cry. He saw the afflictions, amen, praise God, of the children of Israel, meaning he saw what they were going through as slaves, because we talked about that in a couple chapters before. We, he saw how they were crying. He saw how the people of Egypt was putting all of these burdens upon them, and he was letting Moses know that I am aware of their suffering, and now I'm getting ready to do something about it. So in verse eight, he says, and I come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Amen. Praise God. We call all of those ites. Amen. The ites were enemies of the children of Israel. But what God is saying, amen, praise God, is that 
even in the land that all of these ites, all of the enemies of the children of Israel, the children, amen, praise God of Israel are God's chosen people. Remember that God is going to move them out of the way and be a blessing to them and give them a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, when you hear that flowing with milk and honey, you may be thinking, well, pastor, I don't understand what that means flowing with milk and honey. That was an illustration, amen, praise God. Picture it in your mind. It was, it was talking about a land that was prosperous. Think about a farmer, amen, praise God. And a farmer has to have fertile and spacious land. Well, if the ground's not fertile, then nothing can grow. Nothing can prosper, amen, praise God. So God was letting them know that Moses... I'm getting ready to bring my people out. And when I bring them out, amen, praise God, and, and deliver them, give them a way of an escape from the hand of the Egyptians, I'm not just going to leave them by themselves. I'm going to make a way, amen, so that way they can take care of themselves. I'm going to give them the best of the best. That's how a parent does. A parent loves their children. And remember I said the children of Israel, Hebrews are God's chosen people. So just how a parent is going to want to give their child the best of the best, that's how God is. And what is so awesome is God wanted to be their God even in the Old Testament. And guess what? He wants to be our God in the time that we are in. God wants to give us the best of the best. God wants to see us, amen, praise God, be all that we can be, amen, and bring glory to him through our life. So when we get down to verse 9, this is still God speaking. He says, now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. And I have also seen the, the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people. There it is, my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. So God is still speaking to Moses. And he's still letting Moses know, I hear their cry. Their cry has reached me. I'm going to deal, deal harshly with the Egyptians that have abused them. I'm getting ready, Moses, to raise you up. And I'm getting ready, Moses, to send you out to Pharaoh. So the word of God says in verse 10, he says, Come now, therefore... And I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Amen. I just read that, but I wanted to read it again because Moses has just gotten and received his instructions. And you see that Moses receives his instructions because when Moses answered in verse 11, let's take a look and see what Moses says. In verse 11, it says, And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh 
and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. And we're going to stop right there. Amen. Praise God. Because now we see Moses is understanding what God has called him to do. But Moses has just made what well, we can say. He made an excuse because he feels inadequate, meaning he feels that he's not right for the job. Now, remember, we learned that Moses had committed murder. So I could only imagine that Moses is thinking, now, wait a minute, Lord, you want to use me to do what? I committed murder. Did you see what I did? We can learn a good lesson from Moses because God is saying, I know what you did and, and I still have need of you. And this is where we can learn about repentance. Well, what is repentance? Repentance is when you ask God for forgiveness of your sins, but you have to understand you don't ask God to forgive you for your sins when you get caught and you're only asking God for forgiveness because you got caught. So let's, let's look at it this way. It's like, you know, that you've made a mistake. You know that you've messed up. You've done something your parents told you not to do. So you go to your parents before they come to you and you say, mom, dad, I broke your glass. I'm so sorry. That's repenting. But if you don't say anything, and I'm just trying to make it plain and simple. If you don't say anything and you only ask them to forgive you when they come to you and they say, did you break my glass? And then you say, oh, yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I broke your glass. I'm so sorry. See the difference? That's not repenting. So what Moses, amen, praise God, he, he, he has the ability to ask God to forgive him. And we're going to see because God is going to use him mightily. And Moses was sorrowful. He was sorry for what he did. He didn't boast, amen, praise God, about killing somebody. When he did it, he knew he was wrong because we learned that Moses hid the body. We also know that Moses knew that he was wrong because Moses ran and moved to Midian. So Moses is making excuses because God, you want me to do what? And I can only imagine, amen, praise God, that he's looking at his own abilities. But what we have to understand is, yes, we are unable to do this on our own. But when God asks us to do something, I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. God knows that I am going to be with you and with my help, you are going to be able to do exactly what I called you to do. So even though what God may call us to do may seem difficult, it's only difficult, my young brothers and sisters, when we try to do it without God. See, God offers us his resources, not our resources, but his resources. God gives us his ability to do exactly what he called us to do. So even though Moses, amen, praise God, feels like he's inadequate, feels like he can't do it. And we're going to learn even more, amen, praise God, that Moses is going to come up 
with excuses. God, I don't think I'm the right person. I don't believe that I can do this. But you have to understand what we think and what God thinks is completely different. What we see and what God sees is completely different. See, God sees and God knows our potential. But he sees our potential with him, not without him. Because with without God, we can do absolutely nothing. And even though Moses was, was coming up with excuses and was kind of like, well, God, who am I? I'm nobody. You want me to go to Pharaoh? You want me to stand before Pharaoh? You want me to to carry out this great task? Who am I? But if you come back next week, Lord says the same, we're going to hear what God has to say to answer what Moses gives to him. Because God has an answer for everything. And when we feel like we're going to get out of it or we're not going to do it or we're going to have somebody else to do it, God has an answer and he lets you know, "Uh uh-uh, I've called you daughter, I've called you son, and I have equipped you to do exactly what I have called you to do. So this concludes our lesson, lesson three for July 12th. I pray that you were blessed. I pray that you get something out of this lesson. If the Lord says the same, we'll be coming back, amen, praise God, for lesson four, Exodus chapter three, 12 through 22, we're still looking at Moses and the burning bush under our study called God Called Moses. And I want to end with a word of prayer. Kind and gracious Father, we just thank you this day, Lord God. We thank you, God, for waking us up this morning. And we thank you, Father God, for starting us on our way, for keeping us throughout the day. Father God, I just pray to you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that your word go forth with the power and the authority that you have invested in it. I pray, Father God, that you bless the ears that hear this word, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Father God, I pray, Lord God, that if there just be one that is touched and one that is changed, God, you will get all of the glory. We do not take this lightly and we do not take it for granted, God, to carry your spoken word. Father God, we ask you right now in the name of Jesus to bind up every hindrance and every distraction in the lives of your people. We come against every demonic force and every evil spirit. We bind up the spirit of suicide. We bind up the spirit of murder, Father God, in the mighty and precious name of Jesus, God. Touch these, your people, Father God, in the mighty and precious name of Jesus, God. Move like never before, Father God, in these last and evil days. And Father God, we'll be ever so grateful to give your name the glory, the honor, and the praise that you so rightly deserve. In Jesus' holy and righteous name we pray, amen. If anyone, amen, praise God, listening to the lesson today does not know who the Lord Jesus Christ is as your own Lord and Savior, I encourage you to reach out, reach out to your pastor, reach out in this group so that someone can pray for you. We are in the last and evil day. So much is going on. Amen. Praise God. And I need you to have comfort in knowing that you know where you're going. Amen. Praise God. You know where you are going to spend 
eternal life. Jesus Christ died for us over 2,000 years ago. He died for you and for me so that we can live again. Remember, it's not how you start the race. It's how you finish. God bless you in Jesus' name. Go in peace.